What Ho Podcast Pals, and welcome back to Discontent Provider. For those of you who have stumbled across it by chance, as you seek with increasing desperation for something new and thrilling to pour into your jaded and desensitised ear holes, let me say that you have come to precisely the right happy place, and that in dallying a while to hear the world deftly delineated with unforgiving unpleasantness by an ageing anti-folk survivor and the world's greatest lurcher, you have, in fact, entered a bright, nay, dazzling new world of audio content, including some frightfully nifty songs, that will invigorate your inquiring mind and, we feel relatively confident in saying, add a zest and brio to your downstairs business, previously only available through the consumption of dubious tablets sold through the not-quite-dark-yet web. To regular listeners, of course, it's merely more of the same. Foxy will ramble for a while, Arkham will maintain his customary austere silence, and we'll all go away as the best of chums at the end of it. And why not, eh? If it ain't broke, don't fix it, and all that. And if it is broke, well, it's not costing you a dashed penny, and you are free to fuck off to a true crime podcast any time it suits you so to do. Right ho. That would be the formalities taken care of, I fancy. So let's strap the past few days down upon a polished steel table and switch on an ominously humming diamond-focused laser like the James Bond supervillains that even the very best of people would, at least on occasion, secretly love to be, shall we? Astute as I know you are, you may have noticed a few touches of uncompromising, perhaps even uncomfortable, honesty creeping into the usually fluffy and adorably whimsical opening of this week's episode. Well, that's because, cats and kittens, it really is the best policy. Not in the short term, obviously, should you be focused, with or without the aid of an improbably large diamond, on immediate gains and advantages, your best bet is to spew forth unmitigated excrement like a British water company that has classified the resultant stinking river as a minor and inconsequential pollutive incident that the regulators really shouldn't go to all the tedious bother of investigating. Make your lies big, bold and beautiful, because by the time you're found out, it will already be a lifetime too late for whichever dullard you've deceived. I think that precedent has been established well enough by now, has it not? And by the very bestest of the best people too. The titled, the entitled, and in far too many cases, those who end up being both. Eventually, however either through the diligent work of some tenacious newshound or a really popular meme, the truth of one's base mendacity is laid bare. Generally, it happens a fair way down the track, and the malefactors have moved on to better things. And even their exposure as mealy-mouthed, meretricious shitfuckers cannot dislodge them from whatever lucrative sinecure it is that they have wedged themselves into be it a cushy little column in the mail, some ill-defined role as a peripatetic propagandist for a right-wing think tank ran by shadowy weirdos, or precariously juggling the role of peace envoy with doing the odd half-hour of consultation for one of the biggest banks in the world. Pity those poor wretches, podcast pals. I'm sure they're not in the least bit happy, you know. For others, sadly, the dawn raid of reality comes a little sooner than expected, and they are caught with their pants well and truly south of the equator. Two such incidents have befallen the high muckamucks running the COP28 shindig. Last week, you'll recall, it, it was alleged, through some leaked documents, 
that the United Arab Emirates, who are running the uh, ostensibly well-meaning binge, were planning upon taking advantage of the influx of visiting dignitaries to, you know, flog a little oil. Quite understandable, of course. In an arena of great thought such as that, the primeval sludge would be on people's minds. So what could be more natural than taking the odd president or prime minister aside for a little chat? Hey, I get it, bro. We're all here to save the planet. Obvs, right on. But that can't happen overnight. So in the meantime, you'd be a sucker not to have something trickling through the pipelines. And you don't look like a sucker to me. In fact, you strike me as a pretty sharp customer. That's why I'm offering you, nobody else mind, fuck those guys, I'm offering you a great deal on our petroleum products. They're great. They've got that amazing new petrol smell. And now I wouldn't say this to just anyone, the chicks dig it. I can't make promises, but I can tell you that I've never seen anyone who buys our oil not being up to their nuts in guts within a week. Just think about it, eh? No pressure, bro. There's no need for it. This shit sells itself. Well, utterly reprehensible, of course, and in direct contravention of the supposed values and standards of the symposium. But that was as nothing to the news being pumped out at the current affairs forecourt today, that the pro tem president of the whole event, Sultan Al-Jaber, has been revealed to be a fairly staunch champion of the old black gold, Texas tea or Dubai double espresso, who said rather tetchily during an online event with uh, Mary Robinson that there is no science behind the assertion that the phasing out of fossil fuels will do anything to help bring down global temperatures. The Sultan, who is also the CEO of the uh, UAE's state-run oil business, probably coincidental, uh, spoke out against the phasing out of oil and gas. Quote, Please help me. Show me the roadmap for a phase-out of fossil fuels that will allow for sustainable socio-economic development, unless you want to take the world back into caves. Unquote. Now, even if you're not a great one for the notion of anthropogenic climate change, I can't see anyone failing to spot that this supremely wealthy and powerful cove, a cove whose wealth and power is based solely upon the exploitation of fossil fuels, might conceivably have a vested interest in continuing the exploration of fossil fuels. Hardly a disinterested party, I mean to say, eh what? Also, from the luxurious surrounds of uh, several palaces, one rather doubts that he would be utterly concerned if pretty much the whole world had to return into cave as long as he was sitting pretty. But, I speculate, I digress. Algebra has, I believe, also become a Mike Shirty over the whole affair, and has, in the grand tradition of malignant sociopaths claiming victimhood, been railing against a concerted effort to undermine both the UAE and the summit, all with an air of wounded innocence that would be almost touching if it were a three-year-old and not a middle-aged autocrat professing surprise and bafflement that their actions have consequences. And consequences they have, cats and kittens. The UN, who of course are behind the uh, COP summit, have come down terribly hard already. Antonio Guterres, the Secretary General, was quick to wax wroth when the rumours of behind-the-scenes wheeling and dealing emerged. Quote, I can't believe it's true, unquote, he thundered. A furious tirade, I'm sure you'll agree, and one that I trust you were sitting down for as you heard it. Shall I pause a while to let the gravity of that dire condemnation sink in before going on to describe the UN's reaction to the Sultan's apparent refutation of their core goals and beliefs?
Well, I'm afraid I can't, because so far as I can ascertain, there hasn't been any. On the bright side, mind you, all this does rather stimmy those anti-globalist contrarians who have the UN pegged as an unstoppable juggernaut of tyranny, do it not? If they can't even keep one of their own minions muzzled and on message, and fail signally to rain a devastation and apocalyptic doom upon him for straying from the approved script, there's, there's not much chance of them putting together a blitzkrieg overnight one-world government complete with death camps and black helicopters, I'd say. Well, about as much chance as there is of them doing anything about Israel's war crimes. Oh, well, at least that will shut those uh, cats and kittens up for a while, give them something to chew on while they scramble around for another conspiracy theory. Well, that's about it so far as silver linings go, however. Once again, we see crookedness, self-interest and dishonesty pervading even the most laudable of human endeavours with no comeback for the offending parties, save some headlines that will be forgotten in a week or two and a slew of angry electronic letters from environmental activists. Nevertheless, despite the UAE's oil barons having gotten away with it, it was a salutary reminder to us lesser mortals, and there are few lesser or more mortals than podcasters, that a fib can still give one a nasty nip to the rump. Hence my opening admission that when all said and done, discontent provider might not be the greatest of all possible new media phenomena. Thus it is with gladdened, grateful and warmed hearts that Arkham and Foxy thank you for bearing with us and tuning in today and we hope that you'll check in on our doings later in the week. Until then, though, cheerio.